Today, this morning, we are in our second week in a sermon series entitled Family Matters, and we are in the midst of a six weeks between Mother's Day, starting last week, and, and headed for Father's Day, looking at what God has said about marriage and the family. If you'll remember, we started last week, and we started by looking at and seeing in the history of Israel that, that God's plan is for one generation to pass his truth to the next generation. And we started last week, that is God's plan. Also last week we saw that there are dire consequences, there are grave consequences when one generation fails or when one generation falls down in passing on that truth. And, and really the, the takeaway uh, truth that applied to us last week is that at the center of God's plan for discipleship is the home. At the center for God's plan for discipleship stands the home. Today we talk a lot about growing disciples and making disciples. And our, our mission as a church is to make disciples who will make other disciples. Well, we see in God's word, at the center of God's plan for discipleship stands the home. And I said it over and over last week. Today, we need a revival of the word of God in Christian homes today. Listen to that, hear that, be sure of that. We need a returning to, we need a revival of the word of God in Christian homes today. Man, when I look around and I survey the landscape and I see all of the ills of our world today and I see our nation and what it has become and what it's becoming as I see our government and all the craziness and all the trouble there, as, as I see our schools and our education system, as I see the kids that we're, we're raising today, yes, even in the church, and when I, when I see all of those problems, and again, we could, we could make a list of all of the problems, but I believe at the root of all of those problems, it can be traced back to a breakdown in the home today. And I'll just tell you, sure as I stand here this morning, and I hope you hear my heart today, sure as I stand here, if we want to see God move, if we want to see an awesome, tremendous movement of God in 2017, it's probably not going to start somewhere in a crusade, in a coliseum, but it's going to start with a change in our homes today. We need a revival in the home today. So this morning, we're going to continue on in the sermon series. We're going to move on. And I've always held the belief that the starting place, the best place to start is at the beginning. And so today, we're going to begin, and we're going to start with the first square. We're going to start with the first peg, and that is the biblical understanding of marriage. And so we need a revival in the Christian home today. We need a returning to the Word of God in our Christian homes. The starting place is in the biblical understanding of, of marriage. Our message today is entitled, Marriage Truly Matters. Marriage Truly Matters. We're in Matthew chapter 19. We're going to look at the very first six verses. Matthew chapter 19, again, verses 1 through 6. Marriage Truly Matters. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. Matthew chapter 19, beginning here in the first verse, and it says this. When Jesus had finished these words, 
he departed from Galilee and came into the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Some Pharisees came to Jesus, testing him and asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? And he answered and he said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh." What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, today we come and we come into the, the presence of the living God. We come today and we worship you. We come today and our hearts well up and we express our love and our gratitude and our thanksgiving for Jesus, our Savior, for Jesus Christ, our hope. Today as we come through this past week and as we see illness, as we see death, as we see trouble, as we go through financial problems, some of those through relationship problems, we come and our eyes again are fixed today upon Jesus, the answer. I pray today as we've come as your people that you've been truly worshiped. I pray now as we begin to study your word that you would speak and it wouldn't be a normal event, but it would be a supernatural movement of God when the living God speaks through his truth. And I pray that it would impact our hearts and it would impact our homes. And I pray that a, a true revival in our homes might begin again today. Speak to us. I pray for some in this service that do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I pray that in the drawing of your spirit and the preaching of your word, that they would put their faith in Jesus Christ, our hope. We tell you we love you and we praise you and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today we've got a lot of ground to cover, so let's very quickly return to our verses. Now, as we move through our six verses today, I'm going to bring some truths. I'm going to bring some points to light this morning. So again, we're going to just start in and we're going to move through our verses. Again, in Matthew chapter 19, and I'm going to begin today in the first verse. It says this, when Jesus had finished these words, he departed from Galilee and came into the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And looking at verse two, it says this, and large crowds followed him, and he healed them theirs. We finish the second verse. We find that Jesus has been teaching. He has now moved on, and he again is teaching. Not only that, he is healing, and his healing is confirming the truth that he is the Messiah. Now understand, all the way through the gospel account, he's not healing for healing's sake. He is healing to confirm the truth of the gospel message. He is the Messiah. And so he is there, and he is teaching, and he is healing, confirming the gospel message. Then we move into our immediate context in the third verse. It says this, Some Pharisees came to Jesus, testing him and asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? Here in the third verse, we see the proving ground of marriage. We see the proving ground of marriage. Now get this today. As we discussed several weeks back, at, at this point in time, at this point in history, 
the Pharisees, these religious leaders, these Jewish religious leaders, they had really changed the meaning of marriage. They had really changed the expectation of marriage. And, and honestly, they had distorted and really had perverted the meaning and the expectation of marriage. If you remember, they took a verse in Deuteronomy chapter 24 that was given to Moses. And that verse says that if a man finds his wife unfit or if he finds his wife displeasing. Now, when you go read that in context, it is a high standard for unfit. And really, it's talking about adultery. It's talking about sexual sin there. If he found his wife unfit in that condition, then that person could issue her a certificate of divorce and send her away. Well, these religious people, these religious leaders, they had taken this idea of unfit and they had applied it to all areas of life. And honestly, if you go and read the history, if they didn't like for one day their wife's personality, if they didn't like her looks, if they saw somebody that was better looking, if they didn't like how she cooked, and actually one of the laws was if, if she burnt your supper, for any reason that you could declare her unfit, you could send her away. And not only that, you could feel justified in it. You could feel religiously justified in it. You know what? She didn't do this. And she wasn't what I wanted anymore. And so I've sent her away and God has stamped his approval on it. Well, as you can imagine, this is a popular thought among the men. And it is now deemed acceptable, even religious and even pious, to send your wife away with a certificate of divorce. And so now see the context. These Pharisees come and they know how popular this rule is, really the idea of this rule is, and they want to use it to trap Jesus. Now picture that. If he comes out and he agrees, well, what is he saying about what God has said about marriage? And if he comes out and he takes a hard stance, which he actually had already done, if you read back in Matthew chapter 5, well, the men are going to turn against him. The religious leaders are going to turn against him. And so really this is a lose-lose situation for Jesus. And so they're setting a trap for him, and marriage is going to be the proving ground. Again, verse 3. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? See this today. Evidently, marriage has always been an issue of question. And the question is this. Will you adhere to God's standard and obey it, or will you embrace the world's standard and concede to it? And really, that is, that's the question, and that's the question that's now posed to Jesus. Will you adhere to God's standard and obey it, or will you embrace the world's standard and concede to it? And Jesus here is given the choice. I want to tell you today, today it is the same. 
Satan in the lost world in 2017 have mounted an all-out attack on the truth of marriage. And we're told today it is not normal. It is not natural. It is not loving. We're told today it is not necessary. We're told it's not politically correct. And once again, we're posed the question as Christians, will we stand with God's truth about marriage and obey it, or will we go along with the world's truth of message, truth of marriage and concede to it? And Again today in 2017, marriage once again is the proving ground. And that sets us up for verse four. Now we're getting ready to head into some awesome verses. Verse four starts off and it says this. And he answered and said. Now I have to stop right there because this is absolutely awesome. See that Jesus answers. They pose the question to Jesus and Jesus answers. Jesus answers. God answers. Imagine you're going right to the source. If you want an answer about marriage, listen here, Jesus answers. There's folks today that say, well, Jesus never talked about it. Well, I don't guess they have the book of Matthew. Jesus answers. Our answer comes from Jesus. That's awesome. Look at the rest of verse four. It says this, he answered them and said, have you not read? Have you not read? Now, friends, this is awesome. Friends, this is tremendous. This is very profound. On Manchester Street, we say this is a dadgum big deal right here. This is awesome. Watch this. At the very start, Jesus says, have you not read? Jesus says, have you not read? Now, he's getting ready to quote Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 as the foundation for his answer. But friends, buckle your seatbelt today. Jesus says, if you want to know how to have an awesome marriage, Jesus says here, if you want to know how to have a, a God-honoring marriage, Jesus says, if you want to be blessed in your marriage, then look to the word of God. Have you not read? How awesome is that? Friends, if you want to have an awesome marriage, look to the word of God. That's it. Have you not read? I ought to stop preaching right there. I'm not, but I ought to. God tells us in his word. God tells us in our word. You watch us today. Today we go around and something starts to happen in our marriage and our relationships and we start to go around and ask our coworkers, well, what did you do? Well, what's your advice? We start to go around and call up our friends. Well, what do you think? We start to look and solicit the advice of the culture. We go and we get the poor advice. We go listen to a divorce lawyer. Tell me what I should do in this situation. We go to, to a marriage counselor. And I'll just be honest with you, most of them are more messed up than we are. And we go from here to there and we go every which way we can and we're looking for an answer what to do in our marriage. I want to tell you the answer is we need to start with and we need to stand by what God has said in his word. The answer is have you not read? Let me tell you the truth today. Satan doesn't care if you have good advice as long as you don't have God's advice. You understand that? He doesn't care if you go to these people. He doesn't care what advice they give you. He doesn't care if you've got book after book on marriage and how you're going to save your home. He doesn't care if you have all the good advice the world can muster. He just doesn't want you to hear God's advice. And so Jesus says, have you not read? The answer's in God's word. 
Tonight we're going to talk about that in our Bible study. I wouldn't miss it. I don't know if I said that, but I wouldn't miss it tonight. Do you know how many problems in our lives we would avoid if we turned to God's word? Do you know how many problems in life we'd avoid if we just turned to God's word and said, what has God said concerning my finances, concerning my language, concerning my responses, concerning my faith, concerning how I raise my kids, concerning my marriage, what has God said? Next thing we see here is the plan of marriage. The plan of marriage. Now it's gonna be the entire section of verses, but I want you to see this. It says here, that he who created them from the beginning. Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning? Now, folks, understand this. God's plan from the very beginning is marriage. It is God's plan. It says he. It is God's plan. It says from the very beginning. Notice here, right with the act of creation, God institutes marriage. Now, I don't know that I've seen how big that is. We go and we read the Genesis account. Here are the days of creation. Here are the acts of creation. And as he institutes all that he does in creation, he institutes marriage. Listen to me. The first institution of human life is not the church. The first institution of human life is not the home. Now, it's going to come out of it, but the first institution of human life is marriage, and it is our Creator's plan. Folks, do you see here? This is the foundation. And that's why when the foundation begins to crumble, that's when the foundation, why when the foundation begins to shift, everything else begins to tumble. Everything else begins to fall away. That's what's happening in our world today. Do you see how huge this is? God's plan is marriage, and it's his plan from the very start. Here's the issue. So will we obey God's plan? You see, that was the issue then. It's still the issue today. Will we submit to God's plan? Will we trust God's plan? You see, the, the problem starts when we start to think, you know what? My plan is better. You know what? My plan is going to end better. And folks, that's not the truth. Our loving God, our wise plan, it is his God, it is his plan from the very start. And I want to tell you, if you deviate from that plan, you're going to suffer. People are going to suffer. Your home's going to suffer. Your kids are going to suffer. His plan from the very start is marriage. Notice something there also. It's his plan before sin enters in. Well, maybe he had to institute it to correct what man had messed up. No, it's his plan from the very start. So what does his plan look like? He continues on. Next thing we see here are the participants in marriage. The participants in marriage. Now, this should be an easy thing, but Satan has muddied this up today. Look at the rest of verse 4. Have you not read that he created them from the beginning, made them male, and female, man and woman. And then moving on to verse five, the start of verse five, it says this. And said, for this reason, a man, a man, a male, shall leave his father, a male, and his mother, a female, and be joined to his wife. The Hebrew word for wife there is for female or woman. Let's settle this today. People come along and they say, Jesus didn't speak about this. 
Or they come along and they say, you know what, it's all about love and love is the highest standard. Or they say it's all about your natural desires or it's all about your natural inclinations. Or they say, well, you have to look at the scripture and it was a cultural issue of that time and it's not for this time or any other time. And so let's settle it today. The Bible says from the beginning, from creation, to the time of Christ, 4,000 years later, Christ is reconfirming it and going all the way till today in 2017. Listen to me, marriage defined by God is between one man and one woman. Do not be deceived. It is between one male and one female, one man and one woman. Now let me just tell you, that's not hateful. That's love. He tells us the truth. You see, if you deviate from his plan in any measure, it's going to wreak havoc in your life. This is the best way. It's God's plan. He's gracious. He's kind. And so he tells us the truth about his plan. The participants in marriage, one man and one woman. Next, we see the priority in marriage. The priority in marriage. Look at, look at verse 5. And said, for this reason... A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Now it says there, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Now I want you to see what this says. The word there for being joined, that phrase means this. Now listen to these words. And be joined, it means this. Shall hold fast to shall hold fast to. He shall leave his mother and his father and he shall hold fast to his wife. It means this, another translation, shall cleave to. I don't know if you had a rope and you're dangling over an ocean that's gonna swallow you whole. You would cleave to that rope. It says you're to cleave to your wife. Another translation says you shall be yoked to, bound to, put under the same yoke, bound together. The one that I like best says this, you shall be glued to. He should leave his father and his mother and he should be joined. He should be glued to his wife. And then you take that thought and you put it all together. We leave the home that we're raised in. We leave our father and our mother and we are bound to our wife. We are glued to our wife. We are bound and holding fast. We're clinging and we're cleaving to our wife. Now what that means is this. Listen to this. Our primary human relationship as married people is to be with our spouse. Do you hear that? Our primary human relationship as married people is to be with our spouse. Our human relationship of utmost importance, of first importance is to be with our spouse. The human relationship that comes before all other human relationships, and I mean all other, and I'm even talking about your kids, it is to be with your spouse. Today, many people are tempted and many people have taken the bait to put their kids at the center of their marriage relationship. And that's what they've done. And you know what? We're together for the kids and our focus is on the kids and, and the center of our home is, is based upon our kids. Listen to me. That's not God's plan. 
That's not God's intent in marriage. And be very sure today, according to God's word, the best thing for the kids is that they would have stable, committed, married parents that are together leading their home. That's the best thing for your kids. So be clear today, your spouse outside of Jesus Christ is your priority and you're to be glued to your spouse and you're to cling and you're to cleave to your spouse. Let me tell you somewhere else we've gotten this wrong. Some of us think our primary partner in the marriage is us. There's folks like that and they think, you know what, marriage exists for me and my marriage is all about me and I'm at the center of my marriage relationship and then you come along and our culture feeds it today. And the psychologists and the, and the talk shows and everybody says, you know what, it's all about you. It's all about your needs. It's all about your wants. The big one is it's all about your happiness. And people come by and they tell me, well, you know what, they just don't make me happy anymore. Well, they're not fulfilling my needs anymore. Well, I'm not getting what I need out of this relationship any longer. Well, let me tell you, brother, and let me tell you, sister, it's not about you. It's about God, and it's about his plan, and his plan is that you would stick with your wife, and you would stick with your husband, and you'd be bound like glue. That's his plan. God will bless that. He blesses that. That leads us to the next thing, and it goes right into it. And that is the permanence of marriage. The permanence of marriage. Verse 5 continues on, and it says this. And the two shall become one flesh. You shall leave your mother and your father, shall cleave and cling to your wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Look at the very first part of verse 6, and it says this. Jesus speaking. And so they are no longer two but one flesh. Now watch this this morning. Now this is talking about the sexual union between married people. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 makes that very clear and that is a, that is a big deal. And Do not overlook that. But it's also more than that. The word here for flesh means body. Becoming one body. Another, another translation says fellow, becoming one fellow, becoming one individual. Or another one says one unit. Two units become one unit. Two individuals become one individual. Two bodies become one body. And that body in the understanding here, once joined, is inseparable. It's not to be separated ever again. Those two things once joined, they become indivisible. They cannot successfully ever be divided again. Now see the picture here. Two individuals become one in marriage. Now here's an example, it's just mine. I'm not talking bad about you, but maybe your marriage is a horse. Or maybe your marriage is a dog. Or maybe a better picture is a person. And, and there's two that's now become one. And you've got this, this horse or this individual, this person, this dog, and this, this one body, this one flesh. And then I were to tell you, you know what? Take that individual, take that horse, take that dog, take that person, and you take this knife and you slice them right down the middle. And you make a left half and a right half out of that individual. Let me ask you this. Which side still works? Which side still functions? 
And the picture here, and it's the one that Jesus, that God is painting here, is neither both halves die. Listen to me, you cannot divide what was never meant to be divided and it still keep its function. Hear me, from God's word, divorce is a sin. Divorce is not God's plan. Divorce will bring consequences upon consequences that will not end. And God in his grace, he'll forgive us. And some of y'all have been divorced and you know what? He'll renew if we'll confess it and we'll, we'll put our eyes back on his plan and he's, he's faithful to forgive and he'll restore us. But I want to tell you the, the truth is the, the worst thing you could do is say, I'm going to enter into divorce and I no longer care about God's plan. I want to tell you the folks I've walked through this with, it's worse than death. They'll tell you it'd been easier to die. It's worse than death. That's his plan. You can't separate what was never meant to be separated. And God's plan is for marriage to be permanent, not as a punishment. Not as some kind of test, not as some kind of duty that you got to endure, but as his blessing to us, marriage is to be permanent. Let me tell you, one of the great joys and blessings of married life is that is, the world turns against you. And I'll just tell you, if you've taken a stand for Christ, the world's going to turn against you. And as tough stuff happens, and if you've lived it long enough, you're going to see tough stuff happens. And as tough situations come, and maybe not like we ever expected, but, but tough situations come, and, and tough circumstances spring up, and as life is hard, and oh, life is so hard. I want to tell you one of the great blessings is to be able to know, you know what, when the hard times come, baby, we might disagree and we might hit a wall and we might have tough stuff, but I want to tell you with God as my witness and because I made a covenant before a holy living God, I want to tell you no matter how hard it gets, when the dust all settles, I'll still be here, baby. We're going to be married like glue. That's a blessing. That's peace. God intends that blessing in our homes. Last thing is this. Pretty awesome. The position of marriage. The position of marriage. Now, this is pretty awesome. Don't get tired yet. Look at the last of verse 6. I want to read all of verse 6. It says this. And so they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore, Jesus speaking, what therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. The King James Version says, let no man put asunder. All the weddings I've ever preached as part of the vows, when I pronounce them as husband and wife, I'll say, and now by the authority given to me by the state of Texas and as a minister of the gospel, I now pronounce you husband and wife. And what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Now when I say that, we take it to mean 
Let no man, let no person come between this union. And that's what we're saying. You know what? Here they are. We've tied the knot and they're married. Let no man, let no person come between that union. We're probably sitting there thinking, don't ever let some good looking, smooth talking person come and tear this home apart. I want to tell you, we don't want that to happen, but that's not what this is talking about. Notice this. God is very specific in his word choice. Notice this. It says this. What God has joined together. Listen, what God has joined together. Not whom he has joined together, but what God has joined together. Let no man separate. It means this, this institution of marriage, this plan from the very start of creation, this intent of our creator, this blessing of God, what God has established, what God has put together in his idea, in his institution of marriage, let not any man, let not corrupt mankind, let not the sinful desires of men tear it down, but uphold what God has said and look not to the court of self-desire, look not to the court of public opinion, look not to the court of the land, but look to the only court that's ever gonna matter what God has said and do not bend from his plan. God says marriage truly matters. That is my plan. And let not what God has put together, let not what God has established, let any man tear asunder. Marriage is God's plan. He will bless his plan. Let's pray. Jeremy, Father, we come, and I'm thankful for the sure and straight truth of God. I'm thankful today as we come and we mess up our homes, all of us, and as we sin, as we're selfish, as we're self-seeking, as we're self-serving, as we listen to the ideas of the world, we mess up our homes and it, it hurts us and it hurts our spouse and it hurts our kids and it hurts the witness of Christ that's, that's supposed to come through that home. Forgive us for that. But I'm so thankful that you tell us here is the plan and here's what it looks like and here's who participates and here's what's expected and here's how long it lasts. Not as a test, but again for, for peace and as a blessing of God. And most of all, that there is a foundation that is laid that from one generation in a godly home has passed the truth of Jesus Christ. Help us in your plan. Help us hold to and hold up your plan. We tell you today we love you, we praise you, we thank you, we worship you. I am astounded at the truth of your word. I praise you for it. Pray now as we have a time of decision that you would speak, that you would move result would honor you. We tell you we love you and we praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.